Welcome to the Linked Up Church Podcast. We are passionate about connecting people to God, family, purpose, and community. Today, Pastor Joel Gregory comes with a powerful message entitled, Serve Connected. Get your pen and your pad ready, and let's go into the worship center and hear what God has for us today. So let's talk about Serve Connected. So if you're curious about what the Bible has to say about why we give our time why we give our talent, and why we give our treasure to volunteer, I put together just a few of what I would call key thoughts and key verses that will give us the why behind what it is that we do here at Linked Up Church. Uh, It won't take me long to do this today. Number one, God loves and cares for those in need through us. So the only way that God can help other people is he has to use people to help them. So number one, God loves and cares for those in need through us. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 58, verse 10, and I'll read out of the Passion Translation. Isaiah chapter 58, really the context here is about fasting, but the principle is true in all walks and areas of life. Notice what verse 10 says. And if you offer yourselves in compassion for the hungry and relieve those in misery, Then your dawning light will rise in the darkness, and your gloom will turn into noonday splendor. That word compassion there means a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune. I mean, everything that happens to people is not their fault. And for years, a lot of times Christians have judged people without having all the information. Uh Right? And sometimes we can miss it. Everyone is not in the, a bad situation because they're bad people. How do you know bad things happen to good people? And so compassion uh, is accompanied by a strong desire to alleviate that suffering. Albert Barnes' commentary reads that verse this way. The word soul or compassion here is synonymous with heart or benevolent affection. And the idea is, if they express benevolent affection or kindness towards those in want, then shall their light rise in obscurity. So if you understand what he's saying here, if you'll have compassion in a heart for someone else, then light will shine into your situation and lift you up. Albert Barnes goes on to say, that is, it will be as if the cheerful light of the sun should rise amidst the shades of midnight. The sense is that their calamities and trials would be suddenly succeeded by the bright and cheerful light of prosperity. The word I hung on to here was suddenly. So if you understand what he's saying, while you're out showing compassion for other people, how many of you're positioning yourself for a suddenly in your situation? Oh, I need a little better amen in that. All he's saying is that one day you can wake up in the worst of circumstances and then God can send relief and turn your situation completely around because you thought about someone that was in a worse condition than yours. See, a lot of times we're going through and we can't get our minds off ourselves, and there's always someone that would love to have your problems. And so light can show up a lot of different ways. I mean, you know, the Word of God is light. Yes. 
right? God can give you wisdom, and, and, and now all of a sudden you know what to do in your situation. Light can show up in the form of another person saying, hey, God placed it on my heart to come and help you in this season of your life. Light can show up a million different ways when God is involved, but what activates that is the fact that I have compassion on others while they're going through So one thing that runs all throughout the Bible is that God closely identifies with and cares for the plight of the poor, the less fortunate, and that to serve them is to actually serve him. So as we prepare our hearts for Serve Month, may we volunteer with humility, knowing that we're working with those God dearly loves. So every time you serve somebody that's less fortunate, you should say to yourself, God really loves this person. And he's using me to show them. Number two, God blessed us with gifts and talents to benefit others. All of your gifting is not for you. So number two, God blessed us with gifts and talents to benefit others. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verse 10, and I'm going back with this translation. How many of y'all remember the Living Bible? Some of y'all too, too young to even know about the, the Living Bible. What is that? That was really the only Bible I read when I first gave my life to God. Living Bible reads that verse this way. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. The New Living Translation says God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. See, your calling just might be found at the place where your gifting and the world's needs meet. So in other words, I I know what I love to do and I understand how I'm wired. Who can I bless and help with my gifting? You may just find a business birthed out of that. You may just find it opens up a door where someone sees how you serve in your gifting and they need that in their corporation. Right? I'll give you an example of that. So the Bible teaches that those who hoard their gifts not only cheat others, but they cheat themselves. I remember when I graduated from college, like most college graduates, I mean, it was tough to find a job. And so I'm doing everything I know to do. I send out resumes, I knock on doors, I talk to people, I'm networking. I'm doing everything I know to do, and, and nothing is happening. Anybody ever been there before? Matter of fact, I'm getting no said to me every, I felt like every day of my life. And then God says to me one morning in prayer, you were a college basketball player. Go volunteer your time at your high school and help your coach and that program get better. Now, how many know when you're not making money (laughs) and you're wearing shorts and sweatpants under your pants to keep them up, hello, somebody, because you're losing weight from not eating, the last thing you want to hear is go volunteer your time (laughs) coaching, right? But one of my dreams was to be a high school basketball coach. And so to make a long story short, I volunteered my time without pay. And if you've ever coached, you know that's a whole lot of your time. 
That May, I ended up getting hired at Ford Motor Company, so I volunteered from October through May. That May, I ended up getting hired at Ford Motor Company. That same coach says to me, I'm tired of doing these camps. I want to give them to you, right? I'm giving you the whole, uh, the whole thing. The whole camp is yours, right? And so now I'm making $40,000 in four weeks, $10,000 a week running these camps on top of working at Ford Motor Company. And all of that, I believe, started from just wanting to serve. Right? And the rest is kind of history from there. We went on to win a state championship with that school. The rest is kind of history. But my point is, folks, sometimes you're gifting. You don't have to get paid for it all the time. So your attitude shouldn't be, I'm not doing nothing that they're not paying me for. When in reality, all the gifts and talents you have were given to you freely by God. So a portion of your life should be to freely give back those gifts and talents to people that are less fortunate than you. Number three, God made us for his purposes. God made us for his purposes. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 out of the Amplified says, For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. See, you have to stop letting the world define you. Because the way they'll define you is always you're never good enough. You're not tall enough. You're not skinny enough. Your hair is not wavy enough. Your hair is not long enough. Your hair is too short. You don't have any hair. Uh, whatever. <laughs> right? And all God is saying is, the way I made you is a work of art. And why don't you stop listening to how the world is trying to define you and listen to how I define you? And, and God is saying, you're a work of art. You are a masterpiece. The last thing you should do is beat yourself up for the way that God made you. You're beautiful and wonderful in his eyes. And you should be in yours, too. Amen. Put your arms around yourself. You, you'd be surprised how difficult this is for people. And just say to yourself, I am a work of art. Put your arms around yourself again and say, I am a masterpiece. Say one more thing. When God made me, he broke, the mold. he broke the mold. That's how you look to God, and that's who you are to God. Whether you see yourself that way or not, it does not change how God sees you. Then notice, as a result of you being a work of art, a masterpiece, Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above spiritually, transformed, renewed, and I love this, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set, so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. So notice, we don't get to the good life without doing good works. And I'm not talking about doing good works so he can do, get doing something to get him to do something for me. I'm saying I understand how he made me and what he made me to do. Yeah. 
and I'm following that path. And how I many you know on that path that he prearranged is going to have a good life for me? What I've always tried to do as a member of a church, if anyone in here knows me, if anybody goes back to Michigan, I've always tried to find out what is the vision of my church, what is the vision that God's giving my pastor, and God, you sent me here with the gifts and talents and graces that I have to help him fulfill that. And I just began to do that with everything that I had. Whether that was volunteering in the youth department, volunteering for campus ministry, being a counselor on Sunday morning. I mean, I was single, so, so I needed to take up all of my time so other stuff wouldn't take up my time, like Friday night and Saturday night. You know what kept me home on Saturday night? I had to serve Sunday morning. I just wonder if I didn't have to serve Sunday morning. Where would I have been Saturday night? Right? And so that heart, I have never had a job that I applied for. Every job I've ever had my entire life, someone came to me and said, would you want to do this? Right? And so God prearranged all of that as I served. You all see that? And I just kept meeting people along the way who were powerful people who could open doors and put you in positions. Somebody say, God made me for his purpose. He did not make you to have nothing to do with him. I'm going to say it another way. Everybody stretch your hands towards me and say, I love, I love Pastor Gregory because he loves me enough to tell me the truth. Say, God didn't save me to only go to church on Sunday morning. That's not how salvation is defined in my Bible. Okay? We serve and volunteer confidently knowing that God has prepared the way for us. So this is the revelation, and I pray that you catch it. Throughout the course of my life, I've learned the more I do for other people, the more other people do for me. The more my heart is to lift other people up, the more God sends people into my life to lift me up. Everybody clear on that? And that's how it works. So much so, you know, I love riding my motorcycle. My motorcycle had been gone for a month and a half. How many of y'all know I was miserable? <laughs> Almost in a state of depression, if you want to know the truth. I'm walking out in the garage where my bike should be sitting. So then it dawned on me. Let me help somebody else out that's believing for a bike. So I reached out to this person and I said, hey, have you taken your classes yet for your bike? And he said, I got to get my bike first. I said, you know, that's not how the kingdom works, right? <laughs> Who's going to give you a bike with no motorcycle license? Right? 
So I said, in the kingdom, get your bike first. I mean, get your license first, and then watch him manifest the bike for you. Right? So now watch this. My bike wasn't supposed to be ready to the end of next week. So I said, find a class, and I'll pay for it. Find somewhere to take your motorcycle classes. You get your license, and I'll pay for it. The day he found the class and the day he uh, sent me the text to send him the money to pay for it, the next day they called me and said, your bike is ready. Come pick it up. I don't need to tell you all. My wife was at work. There was no one there. And I don't do Lyft and Uber. There was no one there to take me to get my bike. I bet I downloaded that Lyft app on that day. Come on, somebody. I downloaded that Lyft app on that day, right? Put all my information in there and said, get me down to Willie's motorcycle as fast as you can. You get a ticket, I'll pay for it. Just get me there. But it's interesting, right? The heart to help somebody else sped the, my bike, getting me getting my bike back by a whole week. Just wanting to help somebody else. I'll close here. Number four, God will reward us. God will reward us. See, God is not like the bosses that we work for. I mean, our bosses make a lot of promises. In the natural, right? But they don't always deliver, do they? You know why? Because they're human beings. And I've learned with most people, they meant it when they said it. Just things changed. And now they can no longer execute what they originally desired. But God is not like that. If God promised you something, how many know he's going to come through every single time? My last point for today, God will reward us. Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, right out of the chapter that this church is called from. Passion translation reads this way. Put your heart and soul into every activity you do. Watch this now. See, too many times people are trying to please people. And I promise you, if you do, then they're just going to raise the bar. And then you got to please them at a higher level. You can't please people. So, so guess what? I don't even try anymore. It, 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 this is what it is. You like that or you don't. Watch this. And even if they say that was the greatest thing, praise God. If they say, why did you do that? Praise God. Because <laughs> I already know you can't please people. Anybody else learn that in life? So you learn to live for an audience of one. So he says, put your heart and your soul into every activity you do as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know, see there, know, epic gnosis, their exact knowledge, that we will receive a reward and inheritance not from people, but from the Lord. As we serve the Lord Yahweh, the anointed one. Now, I look this word reward up, and literally it means, the Greek word is requital, which means a return or reward for service. So God is literally saying, I will personally pay you for your service to other people. Which means you can get supernatural currency. You can get, so you can get your natural paycheck from your job, 
But if you shift the why behind you do your work and you do your work as unto the Lord, even though you're on a natural job, what God is saying is you'll still get your natural paycheck, but I'll give you some supernatural currency right along with that. Because you did your work for a higher reason, right? Because this is how you're always going to be determined who you do what you do for. The moment they say no to you or the moment they do something you don't like, then you're going to figure out who you were doing it for. So if you get all scuttlebutt about that, if you get all bent out of shape about that, right, because you said God blessed you with the job. You said God told me to go to that church. You said God told me to serve in that department. You said God told me to do this. But, but there are always going to be people there to challenge that. Oh, Lord, it is. it's a tough audience today, right? And some of them are strategically planted there by the devil just to rub you the wrong way and show you you didn't mean that when you said that, right? And so believe it or not, it's not what God told people to do that really gets them off. It's the people that they encountered along the way that get them off, that reveal to them that why they were doing it was for the wrong reason anyway. See, think about it. I, I, I lost everything nine years ago, but I kept doing what he told me to do. Regardless of what people said, talk about me, say everything you want to say about me, I actually know who I'm doing it for. Right? So now nine years later, God has given us eight times more than what we lost. Maybe 10, 15 times more than what we lost. Right? So, so you've got to understand whatever you do, take people out of the puzzle. I'm getting ready to take it a step further. Marry people. Oh, Lord. <laughs> love your spouse as you love the Lord. So even when they're wrong, you can still obey God and treat them right. You see, the moment you lower the bar and say, you ain't getting nothing here until you or whatever the case is, right? That tit-for-tat stuff. See, now you've lowered the level of this relationship. Because what you need in a marriage are two people who love God more than they love each other. And, and they'll go to God and say, God, what, what are you saying about this situation? Right? And, and not get them. But what am, how do you want me to respond? You all still glad you came to church today? Single people, don't ever get married until you love God more than the person you're married. And I got one more nugget for you. You, you want to hear? Don't marry anyone that doesn't love God more than they love you. Come on, I need a little better amen in that again. Which means they're not just going to go to church when you go to church. They're going to go to church because that's who they are. See, because sometimes they'll go along to get along. 
Oh, that's what we're doing. That's what we need to do. That's what I need to do to get to the cookie. Let's go to church then. Oh, I got to lift my hands and praise God. I'll do that too. For the end game, right? The, the light is in my eyes. Are you all receiving that out there? Is that, is that resonating with it? Man, that light is beaming in my eyes. Is that resonating with anybody in this building today? Don't ever lose that, right? Because they will never, ever be more for you than they are for God. So reward means acquittal. It means the return or reward for service. Something given or done as repayment. So all God is saying is, whatever you do from your heart for me, I'll repay that. Isn't that good? Our dream team and connect group leaders will tell you that often they are the ones who feel that they've been blessed the most by serving others. I think. Is that accurate, dream team volunteers? Let's say something. Say amen. Do something. Sitting there like a bump on a log. Let me read that again. That was a powerful statement. Our dream team and connect group leaders will tell you that often they are the ones who feel that they've been the most blessed by serving others. Not only is there personal satisfaction in serving others, the Scripture teaches us that we'll be rewarded by Jesus because it's actually him that we serve. So when we go to these homeless shelters and these places to serve food, serve people like you're serving Jesus. Amen. Right? And if you wouldn't give it to him that way, don't give it to them that way. If you wouldn't have that attitude towards him, then don't have that attitude towards them. Yeah, they're going to say something sideways to you and, and do something that's going to rub you the wrong way. But respond like you would to Jesus and not the people. Acts 20 verse 35, the Passion Translation says, I've left you an example of how you should serve and take care of those who are weak. Paul writing here. For we must always cherish the words of our Lord Jesus who taught us, giving brings a far greater blessing than receiving. My prayer is that I will never, ever, as they were singing today, live in a house so big, drive a car so nice, wear a suit so clean, right, or whatever, that I can't get dirty and get my nails dirty to help somebody lower than I am. I pray that I never get that way. I, I pray that I never get elevated to a place in the kingdom where I don't do that stuff no more. I have people who do that stuff for me. I pray that I never get there, that I send my people over to, to these places to serve because I have to spend my time in prayer and fasting and attend to the study of God's Word. <laughs> Folks, I pray that I never, ever get to the place where I can't put on some old beat-up shoes and some jeans. Come on, somebody, and go help somebody because I got news for you. It's just but by the grace of God that you are who you are you have what you have, you live where you live, you drive what you drive, you work where you work. Come on, somebody. Come on, you eat what you eat, you go to the restaurants that you go to. It's just but by the grace of God that you have that. You are not all of that. You are none of that without God's grace on your life. 
The moment you think you did that and your education did that and your study did that and who you are did that, you are on your way down as fast as you want up because you would have none of it if it wasn't for God's grace on your life. So I learned to look at people and say, instead of judging them, I look at them and I say, if it wasn't but for the grace of God, there go I. Now, let's close here. This is the conclusion. I need six people right now, six people. Okay, just six people. First six to come up here. Actually, just come right up here to the front. So that's 25. Slow down. So these three right here and these three right here. I'm going to send you three beautiful ladies back to you. Okay, so, so let's get over this way. Right there. Stay right there. You stay right there. So just a little bit further. Right there. And you three stay right there, okay? Thank you, sir. Matthew chapter 25. I'll begin reading at verse 31. And this is the parable of the sheep and the goats. And a parable is when God or Jesus uses a natural analogy to describe a spiritual principle. And what we're talking about, how many know Jesus is coming back soon? If you look at everything going on around our world right now, thank God, well, I won't get political in the pulpit. Matthew chapter 25 verse 31 says, when the Son of Man appears in his majestic glory with all his angels by his side, and they say that there are millions, if not billions, of angels. So when the Son returns, he's going to return with all of his angels. And the Scripture says here that he'll take his seat on his throne of splendor, and all the nations, every race of people, will be gathered together before him. So you all represent every race of people. They'll be gathered together before him and listen to this. And like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, he will separate all people. The sheep he will put on his right side. That's you. And the goats he will put on his left side. You all aren't really goats, you're just playing goats today. <laughs> on his left side. Then the king will turn to those on his right and say, you have a special place in my father's heart. Come and experience the full inheritance of the kingdom realm that he has been destined for you from before the foundation of the world. Then he'll say to them, for when you saw me hungry, you fed me. When you found me thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I had no place to stay, you invited me in. And when I was poorly clothed, you covered me. When I was sick, you tenderly cared for me. And when I was in prison, you visited me. Then the godly will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty and give you food or something to drink? When did we see you with no place to stay and invite you in? When did we see you poorly clothed and cover you? When did we see you sick and tenderly, and tenderly cared for you or in prison and came to visit you? And the king will answer them, don't you know when you care for the least important of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, listen to this, you demonstrated your love for me. Yeah. 
See, love is an action word. Somebody say it with me. Love, love. is an action word. So you can tell God you love him all day long. But if you never do anything for him. Right? And then he's going to tell them, enter into the joy that was prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Right? Then he's going to turn to the ones on the other side. Then those on the left who represent, represent the goats. He'll say to them, leave me. For you are under the curse of eternal fire that has been destined for the devil and all his demons. Y'all don't like hearing this, do y'all? Y'all looking like... <laughs> you all, it's role-playing right now. So you can smile, what they looking like. <laughs> for when you saw me hungry, you refused to give me food. When you saw me thirsty, key words here, you refused to give me something to drink. See, it's something about when you have it and don't give it, and in his mind, you're refusing to share it. I had no place to stay, and you refused to take me in as your guests. When you saw me poorly clothed, you closed your heart and would not cover me. When you saw that I was sick, you didn't lift a finger to help me. And when I was in prison, you never came to visit me. And then those on his left, the Lord will say, They'll say, when did we see you hungry and thirsty and not give you food or something to drink? When did we see you homeless or poorly clothed? When did we see you sick and not help you or in prison and not visit you? Then we, he will answer them and say, don't you know, when you refuse to help one of the least important among these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you refuse to help and honor me. And they will depart from his presence and go into eternal punishment but the godly and beloved sheep will enter into eternal bliss. And so the question I have for this viewing audience and congregation today, which one will you be? The sheep or the goat? So I'm challenging everyone in this building, in particular connect groups and dream teams, to take on a serve project in the month of July. Do something for someone less fortunate than yourself. Can we give our goats and our sheep a big round of applause today? Not real goats. In the analogy, in sheep. Come on, you all can do better than that. Thank you all. You can return back to your seat. Okay. So if you're paying attention here, thank you. If you're listening and paying attention here, he says some powerful things. You cannot just, see, it's just like my wife. I mean, no, I can't just tell her I love her. I have to demonstrate it. Anybody in here married understand that? If I tell her I love her and I don't pay those bills, do you all really believe she, I love her? Right? right? Not to her, not the way she receives love because security is her number one love language. Right? Everybody clear on that? Did you all get anything out of this today? Did you all get anything out of this today? Okay. Let's all stand to our feet. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that and show you what that looks like for you personally here in a moment today. But I just want everyone to stand to their feet. See, I've been in full-time ministry for 28 years now. It'll be heading on 29 after September. 
And I can tell you, I'm just tired of going to church. I'm tired of, I'm getting at the, to the end of this. I'm just tired of playing church. I actually, I would rather have 100 committed members than 5,000 people who just show up and do whatever they want to do, however they want to do it, whenever they want to do it. And I found that in the kingdom, less is more. Everybody knows the story of Gideon, right? He started with 3,000. He said, that's too many. And he kept whittling that down to 300 people, 10% who were committed. Right? Thank God for 4,000, whatever. I don't even care about the number. Thank God for whatever it is. But I know in, in the heart of God, it means nothing to him if all of them aren't doing something for him. <laughs> Don't hear me wrong. I'm glad you come to church. I'm glad. And whatever you do, don't hear this the wrong way. We thank God for it. But that's not all he saved you for. Everybody clear on that? Right? You can never be too busy to do something for God. You can't work that much that you can't do something for God. Praise God. I trust that this message has touched your heart today. Listen, we don't claim to have all the answers, but we do know one answer and his name is Jesus Christ. So if you don't have a personal relationship with him today, we wanna invite you to do so. Or maybe you had one with him, but you've just gotten away and you're desiring to come back to Christ today. I wanna to lead you in a simple prayer today. If you would, repeat this after me. Put your hand over your heart and say these words. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. In Jesus' name, praise God. We are so excited for you. We believe that today is the first day of the rest of your life. Congratulations, we are so excited that you made the decision to get connected to God. Thank you for listening today. If this message encouraged or inspired you in any way, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit us at linkedupchurch.com or download the Linked Up Church app. You can also watch live services, view past messages, and see our dynamic content for children, youth, and teens on our Facebook and YouTube pages. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Linked Up Church. And if you would like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at linkedupchurch.com or text Get Connected to 94000. Thanks again for listening. Have an amazing week, and we look forward to connecting with you.